Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library. Thank fuck for that. That visitor center was really getting on my tits. I think I'm going to have it redone. It is due for, for rebuilding, if only to, uh, to restack the, uh, the books that it's made out of. Yes, and get the scratches from the Velibra Raptor claws out of the floors and out of the book covers. It's going to be a bit of effort to get everything back in order again. Yeah, but it'll be well worth it. We'll take the books back to the uh, book shop. repair yes. studio. Yeah, just to catch all the, all the readers at home up on the unnecessary lore. We are currently, uh, negotiating a, a fresh Detente with uh, uh, the Velibraptors that inhabit your library. We have surrendered over my protestations, I must say. Mm. Well, um, it was a clever thing to do. And besides, I'm still in charge here. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I understand that. But I, I did log an official protest that we have surrendered to them the uh, did, collection of books based on films based on books. They demand the unconditional surrender of Jurassic Park and a few others might have gotten thrown in for good measure. I, I don't think there's any trace of, of any of them left. Like, I've, I've, I've tried to poke around, but mm. even, like, anti-shredding software would have a very hard time reconstituting mm. what's left of yeah. these books. We can look up which ones are ones in the catalogue and we can reorder them and they never have to know. But how did they know in the first place? I think, well, you, did you sit and start reading at them from the books hold on they are they are little dinosaurs yeah. right they're about they're about knee-high turkey-sized uh, brightly feathered and, and and spiked dinosaurs i don't really know that they understood what i was telling them so much as as what i was miming at them like mm. that part they were they were kind of down with it was well, that, maybe you uh, just said something wrong yeah i something guess that ruffled their feathers or something it, it's nice to see my uh, my buddy Velibraptor guinevere again but I think it's just changed between us. Chasing through the hallways does change your relationship a little bit, especially yes. if one is in pursuit and the other one's fleeing. And and sometimes we have to do things that we don't agree with, such as giving up books to dinosaurs. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes we um, well, we find ways to live with that that maybe our superiors wouldn't technically approve of if they knew about it, but uh, it's all fine. It's all I, I fine am I going to have to start oh. checking behind the bookshelves again? No, 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 no. I don't think that's where you should be looking. Okay. Okay, yeah, how does it now. feel to be on the other side? How does it feel to have, have someone hold library mysteries I'll over your head? To, I'll have to talk to the gnomes. <laughs> They're unionizing, you know. Oh, I mean, I've never had to deal with strike breakers. <laughs> you have little mini Pinkertons. Uh, it's definitely signs of riots. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I hope you don't like completely tear down the, the visitor center, because I'm quite proud of it as a, as a structure. And mm. I know we were trapped there for several weeks, and any, any, any place where you're trapped is automatically a prison. But yeah. as I've learned in the 33 weeks that I've spent mm. in your library, even a prison can, can have some charm, and you can... And you can Come to consider it home. Did you mm. did you feel that at all in the visitor center? Mm-hmm. No, I was mostly thinking about my comfortable bed in my suite. Do you have a suite? I have to sleep somewhere when I'm staying at the library. I just sleep on the floor. I just oh. I just make pillows out well, of books, mostly magazines. They're they're just a little bit soft. You should take the knitting magazines. They're quite uh, fluffy. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. They've got cool patterns in them, that's so it can also yes, get super absolutely. high on the uh, geometric delirium. Look, I'm pretty sure in the library I'm, you get pretty sure creative, not, man. I'm pretty sure they're made out of LSD soap blotter paper, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much about that. <laughs> I'm going to go test that. Okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, but, but before I spend uh, the entire afternoon uh, sucking on pages from the, uh, uh, the knitting magazines, what do we have in store for our readers this week? Right. This week's book is Immortality Incorporated by Robert Sheckley, or maybe Immortality Inc. I'm doing Inc. Yes, the abbreviation. Yes, yes. Gosh, uh, for the readers at home, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book, and otherwise check the show notes for an image and a link. So, let's have a look at the cover. It's proper, like, cyberpunk, it isn't is. it? It's like like neon blue and pink and yeah, very and uncomfortable person in a... Uh, it seems like shades, but covering half their face. 
past the nose dripping down from there. It, it almost brow. looks like mercury the way it's depicted. Um, and of course, at the bottom, right at the bottom, it says basis for the film Free Jack. So we're not quite breaking with the uh, theme of uh, books no, on libraries. Exactly. Uh, uh, this but, one actually survived the culling. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that the Velociraptors agreed to these to these terms to have this to have this preserved hmm. so that we could review it today. So the, the one thing that I kind of wonder, I mean, I, I don't think I've actually seen the entire movie, but from what I heard about it, I doubt if the people who made the movie actually read the book. Definitely not. No, not even Starship Trooper levels of accuracy, where at least they got the names of the characters right. It's got uh, uh, Emilio Estevez, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's, the, he's the main character. And then it's also got Mick fucking Jacker as, a, as, as one of the villains. And the lips. Yeah, uh, Robert Sheckley, Immortality Inc. I noticed, by the way, you already pointed out the, uh, uh, the lighting on the cover. This is what we know today as bisexual lighting. Oh, why is it called that? Um, it's, it's, it, it's called that because it's, it's often used in cinema as sort of a code for the sexual fluidity oh. of protagonists when they're, or of, of, of characters when they're usually in a club and they're displayed with like blue and purple light contrasting okay. or, uh, various shades of pink. And it's, it's not like an established code, but a lot of people do seem to play with it. Uh, to the point where uh, Janelle Monae in her uh, uh, in this very sexy video clip for excellent song Make Me Feel and uh, it even appeared in an episode of uh, Sherlock where uh, oh. uh, yeah with Benedict Cumberbatch and mm. uh, Martin Freeman when they yeah. were doing the, the, the bachelor party that was in a club and that had blue and pink lighting that was okay. a little bit suggestive to but some I, people I was pretty sure that nobody ever made any uh, overt no. uh but these are these are cunning filmmakers who, who kind of know what they're what oh. they're what they're playing. They've played with this before. Okay. No, the, I never the illusions I, I, to people I, assuming that they're a couple. I, I never heard of that uh, that 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 color convention. That's like blue and pink. I suppose is a. I mean, it's the typical boy girl contrast. Yeah, which is only the fact that uh, pink is for girls is only uh, something from the last fifty sixty years because. Back a oh, yes. hundred years ago, pink was a boy's color because it was considered far too harsh for girls. Oh, I seem to drop some notes. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's okay. No, we need those to describe this, uh, uh, this excellent book, which is described as in an alternate universe where the Q-Cat became a success and this absurd device became essential for everyday life, replacing the written word with diagonal barcodes. The inventor of the QR code goes on the run to protect her invention from the barcode hegemony and usher the information age into the second dimension. Yep. I don't know why, why I did that voice. It I just sort of, sort of it sucked me in there. Hegemony or hegemony? Oh, well. I always thought hegemony. Okay. So, yeah, it's something you can actually see on the right side of the book uh, cover. There's a little bit of uh, QR QR code there. I um, think we should start with the QCAT. That's basically the first chapter of the book. It's, it, yeah. it does a very good job of um, maybe a little bit Black Mirror style introducing a certain social concept to the reader. It's it's a very strange situation where where people like you pick up the newspaper and it's literally all barcodes. Yes, and they, it's 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 not so much a page as it is just a strip of ticker tape. Yes. with a with a logo on one side and then just barcodes, barcodes, barcodes. Well, logos and at even certain point, there's a toilet paper company who also has cashed in on this thing. And that they, was brilliant. Not, I wouldn't call it good clean business, but <laughs> well, it's certainly discreet because you always dispose of the evidence. Well, there you go. Nobody can tell what you've been reading. Ah, <laughs> so the Q cat. Um, those of you who who enjoy obscure technological history as 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 we do may remember the Q cat as a um, a sort of elongated cat-shaped device in the in the in the early nineties that whose whose mouth was a was a red infrared port 
uh, and whose whose tail you could plug into the PS2 port of your computer, and then you could scan that, these that special. Is not a, that is not a PlayStation Two that we are talking about. It was actually a little din din plug style connector. It looked like a cat. It had yeah. a lot, the tail was like the plug that went into the peripheral port. Let's call it that. Yeah, which was at that time wasn't even color coded until uh, Apple came along and with the iMac popularized the USB ports, where you only have to worry about turning it over three or four times yeah, before well, you before it fits correctly. They're like you know quantum ports. You try to plug it in, it doesn't work. You turn yeah. it half. Try to turn clockwise, and you try to plug it in, it still doesn't work. And if you turn it half again clockwise, then it will plug in. But if you turn it back counterclockwise, it doesn't work. You have to keep twisting in the same direction, otherwise you don't get the right ah, quantum superposition. Okay, that's that's probably what I've been doing wrong yes. this whole time. So don't turn it back. Keep turning it in the same direction. And well, it's sort of like a safe where you have to, you know, 32 to the right and then oh, yes. 21 to the left. And then, yeah, same idea. Except it's always 90 degrees. 180 degrees. And it, the device was was specifically for reading what they called uh, cues. I think they were. I think mm-hmm. they were called. Yeah. And and by the way, it is it, it is spelled colon capital C U E capital C C A T and and then like is there an at or something? No, there wasn't even no, no, an no, no, at, no, no, an at be, sign. It, it was in use at the time, but it was still uh, yeah. Yeah, they hadn't enough. come up. It was only, it was only, used, so it was only used in email. At the time, and did really? you see the the diagonal barcodes uh, at, an, at an angle of of twenty two point one degrees, mm-hmm. so that they'd avoid the uh, the patent on barcodes? Yes, it's like oh, we're doing them di- the diagonally now. It did but, look kind of cool, and it, yeah, it did, and it like it, it survived here. They keep doing it, but yes, it's like it's a ticker tape, and rather than having to sit and read your newspaper, you scan your cute cat over it and. Uh, it basically connects to the digital web. Yes, to the uh, yeah, to the GeoCity. Ah, damn it. Okay, what did you have? <laughs> no, no. Mega City. Mine's better. Yes. Okay, no, cool. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can jack on to the uh, the GeoCity with two hundred and fifty. Oh, what was it? Six. No, two hundred fifty-six bit. No, because the the uh, the modems. They went to 28.8, 56.6. Oh. I don't think I ever went past 56k6. I went straight to ISDN the end from that, so. Yes, but in this future, they skipped an entire branch of, of technology. They got, they got stuck in a, in a technological groove as the, as the QCAT became the dominant form of information interchange. The fiber optic revolution apparently didn't happen here. Like, they're all still on analog. They're still on. Yeah, about some 226 co- board I think, modems. I think that might just be Mr. Sheckley's of, um, Lack of imagination or being able to not comprehend um, uh, the the leaps and bounds that technology would take in the meantime. So I I propose a more generous interpretation because a science fiction story, right? It's yeah. supposed to be a, a fiction extrapolated from science. And is it not entirely fair to extrapolate your vision of the future from your knowledge of the present? Oh, to a certain degree, yes. But it's also remarkable how there's certain lapses in the vision of authors. So there's like... In, oh, in, definitely. In a, if, if you'd allow me to like digress to a book of Arthur C. Clarke. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it wasn't Asimov, it was Asimov, sorry. It starts off with uh, two young adults on their way to their entrance exams to the Space Academy. Mm-hmm. And they're on the train across the uh, United States towards uh, wherever the center is. And one of them gets a phone call and he takes his phone and the other guy's like, oh, I was smart, I, I, I packed my phone in my luggage so they, my parents couldn't call me and has a brief conversation with the parents. Uh-huh. And, the book, and the book goes on with that. And... Later on, uh, when they're doing the exams, he starts mentioning that he's like doing some calculation on slide rule. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> book was written in 1952. And yeah. so he actually worked mobile phones into the story in a completely believable way that yeah. someone from from our time didn't even think twice about it. Yeah, not Where, imagining that it could perform any other function than... Uh, or it could be like a calculator as well. And he he wrote, brilliantly wrote it into the story in such a way that yeah, a modern day reader wouldn't even notice it as it actually being a science fiction thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm currently in the process when I'm not uh, uh, reading for our, our podcast, of course. Uh, I'm in the process of reading Snow Crash, the mm. cyberpunk novel by, by Neil Stevenson, which I've never read before, and is my introduction to cyberpunk in, in 2019, ah. which is fucking wild. It's an amazing book. Because I have no idea, no idea which of these sort of prediction and cynical views of the future are tongue-in-cheek like 1990s irony, isn't this silly, I'm just extrapolating this silly shit into the yeah. future, and which was a genuine, like, cool vision of the future. Like, which parts are supposed to be cheesy and which parts are cool? I cannot tell them apart. Yeah. I don't know, with Stevenson, I don't think he ever really goes for cheesy. There are certain things he actually believes. Oh, he must do the well. Cosa Nostra pizza uh, Okay, uh, that was maybe a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Yes, the Deliverator. Yes. Which I still think is one of the best named characters in uh, Hero in, in protagonist all of, yes. is, yes. <laughs> you only get one of those every century. But so I got a similar vibe from Mr. Sheckley's Immortality Inc. It was a futuristic vision from the 90s, but kind of restrictive, like only, only permitting the extrapolation of future technologies from existing ones, not assuming that uh, they would be entirely new, new, new ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you'd think that they'd have the QCAT codes and they would access things on the GeoCity. Yes. And uh, but no, no, it's actually all of the data is encoded into in the barcode reader, and then they scan it, and then it's like the, the, their article is read to them by the computer. Yep. Uh, it seems, you know, it says, like, you, you could, like, just use that bit and scan it and then download it from the well, web. It, and, there's, uh, there's, there's also the sort of class structure of uh, uh, technological access. Like, uh, I believe that gleaming uh, face helmet that uh, uh, this person on the front of the cover is wearing is one of those VR QCATs, uh, an extremely expensive piece of technology where you put these goggles on your face and then you feed the ticker tape through it and then yeah. it projects that into uh, oh, into, okay. into imagery on your... So I thought it was the scene where one of the other characters in the book, uh, Pig Venus, is being uh, brainwashed. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, the, the yeah. sort of 1984 Room yeah. 101. He's going through the barcode brainwash, uh, and <laughs> yeah. is basically having uh, the, the. Oh no, that's definitely got to be it. Being uh, being reprogrammed. Uh, Do you think it's the same technology? Ooh, uh, supposedly it's based on each other. Yeah, so, that yeah. must be. Ooh, subtext in this story. How cool. Uh, because yeah, that that becomes the uh, it, it it rapidly displaces the previous DVDI, the Philips DVD Interactive. Yes. Uh, uh, technology that was the uh, dominant form of entertainment until until even that got subsumed. But but yes, we're getting way ahead of it. We're not describing uh, uh, our main our main character. Yes, Cyber Cathy. Yeah, she's been a low level employee for the uh, QCAT company. Yes, and uh, doing a little bit R of uh, research and development. R I was going to say R and R, but I meant R and D on the side. Yes, that's right. Uber CompuServe. Yes. The, the militaristic internet service provider that in this universe never faced the competition from AOL. Yeah. And they just could keep on growing and growing because they, they had the QCAT patent in their pockets. And yeah. And then that was like, yeah, one of those dominant mark forces. There was, uh, the government was well in the pockets of the corporation and nobody decided to like try to split them up that elected it with AT&T. Oh, yeah. The various little baby bells and, uh, break it up. Cause like, you, know, you, know, you pay your senators nicely. You keep them happy with their, uh, more risque, uh, uh, QCAT content. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was printed on pink paper oh, with blue yes. code. Oh. There you have the, the blue and, uh, and pink again. Yes. 
Yeah, interesting that the uh, that Mr. Worthington, Worthington uh, uh, picked up on. <laughs> Worthington Lancelot II almost certainly did this cover. This is one of his his, his later uh, pieces from his. Well, they call it the Blue Period, but it's it's really he was experimenting sexually, so he's oh. uh, just trying other stuff. But yeah, like uh, to the point. I mean, Cyber Cathy is a strange name for uh, for a woman to have. She was uh, a Catherine something or other. Well, it's it's you know thing everybody gets to choose their their online persona name when they turn eighteen, mm-hmm. which gets printed in. Their passport strip that uh, also have to be Q-catted. Then, of course, match the Q-cat code on the neck. Yeah, that part was... Uh, I thought it was a little sinister. Yeah, it's I mean, it's cool. But yeah, there, there, there's, there's something kind of intimate that when, when two people introduce each other, it also involves like turning around and lifting your hair and and, and, and catting one another. Yeah, or the more intimate one where with your cat in your hand, you slap your arm amiably on your companion's shoulder and you just like swipe it over their <laughs> yeah. neck and you do it simultaneously. It's like almost like Russians kissing each other. Hello, you know. Like... <laughs> I had that once at a, at a work conference where I, where I went to where all the uh, badges on the lanyards, uh, they had a little RFID tag in mm-hmm. there. And so if some of the vendors, like if they scanned it, then they automatically had your uh, contact address mm. uh, and permission to send you stuff. So th- there was there was this constant like physical <laughs> proximity of like, hey, how's it going? Can I interest you? And then sort of casually leaning their scanner closer. Oh, wow. I'm like, no, bud, no. That's, that's rather cheeky. <laughs> yeah, it was a really weird situation. <laughs> so it begins with Cyber Cathy. She is a citizen of this new world. She's jacked in. She's jacked off. Jacked up. She walks around with her, her laser jet briefcase so she can actually print new QCATs on the fly. She's a trader in information. She's a, a spider in the web, as we might say, of this... Oh, we, uh, we would call it that nowadays, but... Uh, yeah, of uh, this she, new economy. She, and she does. She does a good job. But she also realizes that things can be better. And, like, she's working on the sly on her... Uh, yeah, because she on, lives on the edge. Yeah, she studied at the right university. She did, like, have several successful little startups which got brought up by the Uber CompuServe uh, Yeah. Company. Yeah, because uh, it's a sinister company. But it, she, it's, it's, they're very, very much about the keeping, uh, keeping tabs on their employees and making sure that they are not doing things that they're not supposed to. Which is because it's one thing to to monitor your employees' search history, which for Uber CompuServe is easy, easy. to do. If you queue code, you sc- or queue, what was it called again? Queues, were they? Queues, yeah, yeah queues. If you queue, is, that's being sc- scanned is also being logged. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, having your search history is nothing compared to, the, to this. They basically have complete access to every bit of media that you've consumed. I liked how all information was transferred via QCAT. So in the uh, uh, one of my favorite scenes was when we get to see inside the, uh, uh, the monitoring station of uh, Uber okay. CompuServe. Yeah where there are banks and banks of printers printing out the cues that yeah, other that their employees are printing and then being scanned in again. scanned again to be processed and put because away. Because they just don't have networking. It just and didn't then, occur then, to then anyone. And put into a big ledger somewhere and it gets amended with like all the little... I think that's Mr. Shetley kind of missed out on something because yeah. there's still a database of like yes. things that connect this. But but no, you, all, the, all the connections are via this this obsolete technology. It's a good, uh, good market for people who make thermal uh, printer uh, paper. Oh, definitely. Although that's not exactly archival grade material. Oh no, it's uh, it's it's specifically volatile. One hot summer and your entire library could get wiped out. So, uh, 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 Cyber Cathy having a having a laser jet is kind of a big deal. So she doesn't need the thermal paper. She can just print on on, on whatever that. Well, it's, it's, it's the fancy stuff. I mean, you can put some paper in, it, but you can just just as well put it on the, on a bench somewhere and like have it laser etch into the uh, into the surface of that. Certainly a high powered model like mm. uh, uh, like her laser jet briefcase, but. She souped it up a bit because it's not, it doesn't output little strips. I mean, it can still, 
but it can also output an entire A4 sheet of paper. Mm. And automatically fold it into an airplane and shoot it off. <laughs> yeah. Although I do like that uh, the whole uh, QCAT thing, uh, even in the book, it's, it's, it's nicely described how it even takes over, uh, you know, the graffiti artists. And it's like, like tagging etching, something with etching, your name yeah, is backwards. People etch the little, uh, you got the little uh, mats which you put over it and then like rub some acid across it and pull it off again and you have it like etched on a lamppost. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. And, and, and shit like that. And people are just like compulsively almost walking around with their cute cats and scanning every barcode that they come across. I mean, you have these magical symbols around you. You can't read them specifically. You 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 want to know what they're what they're about. Otherwise, you live in a world. I mean, they, they describe all these all these uh, disenfranchised people who aren't jacked off all the time who mm. don't have their own uh, their own cute cat who maybe no, have okay. a a home-based model they can't go to a shop without having to ask people what the what, what the prices are on these products or or, or what's in this yeah. food yeah well you have to either like guess or just like make do i mean there's like you know like, like everywhere you get the like the underground scene which we will come to later when our heroine uh, has to uh Go on the lam, so to speak. She's approached by agents of, of Uber CompuServe mm-hmm. who have been monitoring her. Um, and this is our first, our first clue that maybe she's, she's not entirely on the, uh, on the level. It was, it was kind of cool seeing her, her sort of like, we don't know why she's under threat. We don't know what she's uh, concealing. I, I, thought, I thought it was more like Nero in, uh, the, the, in the Matrix with his, uh, you know, yes, double- Nero from the Matrix. Uh, Neo. Why did I say Nero? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was more like Neo, who was like having Neo his, burning uh, Rom. That was his hacker alias. Yes, that would be it. Uh, who was, uh, yeah, working as a corporate drone during the day and had his hacker personality uh, at night. When did he sleep? Very poorly, judging by his eyes. Uh, like, not, oh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. that. Yeah. He, was, like, he, was not, <laughs> he was not looking particularly well during the first part of the movie. So in the way that Neo had uh, Morpheus and Trinity, hackers that he yes. only knew for online, Cyber Cathy had Dildo Swaggins. <laughs> Yeah, those Swaggins, which is rather an unfortunate, an unfortunate name. I mean, it's probably something that uh, this person thought was cool and then regretted. But on CompuServe, you can't change your name once you, yeah, yeah. once you turn eighteen and you pick it. That's it. Yeah, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. But Dildo Swaggins nevertheless managed to make quite a reputation of himself as uh, one of a legion of. I mean, we, we talk about hackers, right? But in this world where it's, it's not about networking, um, uh, because about coding, bar, yeah. bar, barcoding that is not actual coding, coding, but yeah. No, and, and coding into, into barcodes and those has to be, have to be transferred. And one of the most, um, uh, secure and relied upon forms of, of communication for corporate barcodes is the old fashioned facsimile machine via, and so this 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 entire sub community of uh, of traders and in information to, to intercept them, uh, known as the antifaxers. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, yeah. So dildo swagins the antifaxer. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're reviewing the book here. No, I know. I know you read this book too. Yes, it's like yes. You know I, that I, they're I, called antifaxers. I, forgot, I almost forgot about the antifaxers. <laughs> yeah, well. So yes, the antifaxers. Who again? It's like one of those things where you. People didn't think of like how these pieces of technology would interact, and it's like it's amusing to see how they're com- kept completely it's separate. It's entirely in the book. sensible, and yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just going to print out my queue. I'm going to fax it over to the other side, and they're going to scan, scan it with a queue cat. So I can understand why the why the antifaxers have been so uh, uh, supportive of Cyber Cathy mm. as she's as she's dropped hints of this this radical new technology yeah. that she's uh, that she's working on. 
the QR code. Yeah, like we can multiply our uh, information density by... An exponent, right? It's not yeah. even an order of magnitude. It's like a full exponent. Yeah. That makes sense. So if you had a like an 8-bit barcode, yes. then with that same amount of resolution, you would have a 64-bit, yes, 8x8, 64-bit QR code. So having this kind of incredible information density, being able to print out an A4 with the equivalent of thousands and thousands of strips of uh, uh, yeah, QCAT Q- is... I mean, the, 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 the Uber huge UCS corporation is definitely seeing that as a uh, a threat. Uh, yeah, much in the. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Ma Bell previously, mm. uh, AT and T Bell, uh, which reportedly, if I'm not mistaken, they patented uh, magnetic tape recording technology like in the 30s when oh. it was invented. Gonna... Like they could have had a working uh, uh, answer phone essentially, and yeah. that was not pursued commercially, nor was it quietly, uh, uh, sh- quietly shelved. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Our grip on history is, uh, uh, is as tenuous as, as Mr. Sheckley's grip on the, uh, on the future. Yeah. CyberCathy is, uh, is being pursued by, uh, by UCS agents carrying uh, Texas Instruments assault calculators. Dangerous things. Like uh, very can, dangerous things. Can until, break into your QCAT, no problem. Until she's rescued by the sudden appearance of a Cyber Toyota Cyber Starlet, from which emerges what she later finds out is dildo swaggins and uh, N01 MOM uh, both carrying uh, VH SMGs. Yes. They open fire on these on the ages. They 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 murk these uh, 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 these these corporate goons. Yeah, they splash them beyond any cue-catting. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of gruesomely strip the cues from their necks with straight razors. Mm. That was kind of uh, horrifying. Yeah, well, I mean, a shot, like one of those VHSMGs to the neck will do the same thing, you know, even if they would survive, which I seriously doubt it, considering the graphic description of the damage that was done to them. That these seemingly uh, movie tapes that are supposed to be returned could could be deployed into fierce automatic weapons. Yes. But yeah, all to protect Cyber Cathy. Yes, and uh, Dildo Swaggins taking uh, her to the underbelly of Jew City. The ref Huge of the anti-faxers, where uh, uh, the cool music plays. I think it's. I think it's all Nirvana. I think uh, <laughs> all Nirvana all the time. I mean, it's got to be Seattle, right? Oh, probably. Where it it's takes place. A name like Geo City. It could could be any of the North American sprawls. One of those mega cities. Yes. Very good. Uh, yes, but so uh, Dildo Swaggins takes uh, Cyber Cathy down into the uh, undercity of uh, Geo City yeah. uh, to uh, introduce them uh, to the Swedish barcode mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, led by Jizvan22. Yep. And his uh, number two, Gay Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, you can immediately... It's never really addressed, but the fact that uh, uh, Thelonious Monk is playing explicitly in the in the lair of the, the Swedish barcode mafia indicates that Jizvan probably wanted a particular name that was not available, and he just started typing alternative names until finally he... Came up with jizz fans. Well, to, it's, it's one to, of those situations where yeah. you're just sort of angrily bashing alternatives in and fine, fine, just, just anything, and then it gets accepted, and yes. then you're stuck with jizz fan 2-2 yes. and gay Bowser, which... I wonder if if he thought that maybe it meant something else, but I mean, maybe he was like happy Bowser, you know, gay Bowser. Yeah, like, oh, like when he just won a race in uh, Mario Party or something. <laughs> uh, very gay Bowser. I, I think that this may be the reason for their for their disaffectation yes. with the uh, the status quo. Of course, this is where the notorious uh, scene depicted on the front of the book comes in. Oh yeah, when it turns out that uh, when uh, a Cyber Cathy was under the VR goggles, she was getting her uh, subliminal programming, and now she's in the lair 
aware of the Swedish barcode mafia. She's deploying her laser jets briefcase to uh, start decimating this uh, <laughs> uh, 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 these insurgents' culture, and it all turns out all to be a plan from the UCS to give this underground, to give the anti-faxers a technology that they could not resist acquiring and also could not survive having. Yeah, they caught on to what we were doing and then like made sure to leak this information to the right people and and this is such a this is such a nineties. Uh, uh, it's uh, very uh, multi. Uh, it, yeah, paranoia. Like the idea that uh, of of not having agency over oneself, not being aware oh, of well, what you're being used for. Especially in the in the in the cyber world when people were still wearing like don't talk to people online and don't talk, get into a car with strangers. Now what do people do now? They talk to people on Facebook and they get into cars they summoned over the internet. So what's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking people. Mom! Yes. Didn't you tell me you would rot my brain? Huh? Do you want to apologize for that? Or otherwise I'm not going to connect your scanner. Um, yeah, well then, it was a bit of a, um, I want to say Maltese Falcon, but that's not the book. The Manchurian, it's very, it the was Manchurian very Manchurian candidate. candidate. Yeah. Yes. I think also, I mean, wasn't it like Demolition Man? Like where Demolition else Man is had a little bit of that as well. Yeah, uh, where someone is, I mean, Johnny Mnemonic a little mm, bit? No, 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 no. Johnny Mnemonic was definitely none of that. No, there was, I'm, there's definitely one other one where he Oh, oh, Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. yeah. Again, also, yeah, infiltrating the uh, the resistance on Mars. Yeah, yep. of course, it turns out that, uh, I mean, the QR code, of course, it was developed on company time. So the UCS Corporation, who was making a big show of trying to, like, uh, suppress the technology, technology. suppressing technology, was quietly developing it on the back and waiting for the uh, Swedish barcode mafia to get taken out by their plant. It's one of those rare stories where the bad guys kind of win. It is. It's, I mean, which is, which is part of the, the sort of nihilism of cyberpunk. Although I did like the dildo swaggins and N01 MOM. I mean, they grabbed their, their, their disguised VH SMGs again and, and, and at least busted Cyber Cathy out. Like they weren't able to protect yeah. the technology. They weren't able to protect the other manufacturers. Yeah, managed, managed to get her to another part of uh, the underside of GeoCity and, uh, and, and go on the run and. Yeah. Who knows where their adventures take them in the uh, in the next books? To live to fight another day. Maybe she could develop a three D barcode. How would that work, though? No, think about it. A hollow cube. Okay, yeah, no, that's dope. Crystal, that's dope. But how do you print that? You, create, you print crystal cube. You, you and get, how do you read you it? You get those crystal uh, cube things which have this three D model inside. You print them with lasers. You've seen those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you uh, can do them. They're, they're, yeah, it would they're, be even they're, more they're It would be even more inconvenient. <laughs> yes, yes, it'd love be it. huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UCS would be fantastic. Yeah. Everybody was like, got got this whole bag full of these little cubes and you go oh shit which one was it and you have to like print them with a little a QCAT code so you can like yep. scan that so you know which one of these little cubes has the 3D code that you like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's a fantastic it's like in Babylon 5 where data is transferred on, on crystals they all have yeah. these unlabeled identically shaped Data crystals, like, how do you know what's what? You mean like USB sticks? Well, okay. okay. (laughs) That's something that you could definitely do with, uh, if you could encode more information visually, like, you could, you could give it different colors and you could have your own, like, I, I would have a, 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 Maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to do color coding as well in the <gasps> next one. Oh, like, that is truly the next dimension. Yeah, there you go. We solved it for them. <laughs> yeah. Even though it was a, it's a, it's, it's a fairly gloomy ending. That's that's kind of how cyberpunk should go, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily about hope. It's about like. Uh, being a little introspective about like possible development of technology and the influence it'll have and on society. And technocracy. Technocracy. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely a, a, another big corporate warning thing, which was like starting to be a big thing in the 90s. You know, yeah. The, the corporations were starting to take over. And like, even though that we were warned about it, it's still happening. It didn't happen the way we think it would. It wasn't a big traditional corporations that are no, taken that's over. True. Like that's it's, true. It's the Apples it's and the Googles and the, and, the and the Amazons yeah. and the Facebooks that are 
that have done this. But at the same time, other prophecies have come out as well, like 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 online fandoms. Like let's compare those to the the prophecies of of cyberpunk that you have these uh, uh, these communities that exist mostly in cyberspace, yes. and they're occupied by people who have access to it because they have a higher technological uh, uh, facility than most people. They have access to these technologies. They represent themselves differently than they are physically through yeah, they, you they, know they have their avatars. Their yeah, their yeah with a, with a name they chose themselves and with a with an appearance and characteristics that they that they choose that they can change at will. And people like well, this is, in this book, not so much. You're stuck no, in this with book, the name not so much. I'm talking about yeah. You're yeah. you're stuck with 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 Jesus Van. Two, two, yeah, uh, and Gay Bowser and Tilto Swackins and Cyber Kelly. Don't forget Pig Venus. <laughs> no, I almost, oh, I almost forgot Pig Venus. Uh, so, so even though it's 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 dour, like it's a, it's a great exemplar of cyberpunk. So, how are we going to rate this book? I'd give it fourteen out of sixteen bits. Okay, so skipping right to the end there, missing over the cool bit where we sort of struggle, struggle to find out. Yeah, I thought we like like I finally I have something we don't I don't have to like whiffle and waffle about it, and it's like this, okay. I at least I really enjoy the struggle. Like, oh you just, yeah, you just like having me on a hook. No, like, if, I, that's not how I see it. No, I apologize okay. if that how it how, how it comes across because this is this is an adventure that we go on together okay. and we we discover it together. I mean, well, uh, the, the rest though, of the podcast is, is is just all about just telling people what we read in this book. There's no adventure. There's no discovery. No, no, true, true. So yes, okay. So going by the front cover, it's like it's definitely a very pastel neon yeah, type thing. Yeah, gleaming. Uh, I mean. It's, it's it's definitely very binary. I uh, so a power of two oh, is definitely going well, to be involved. Uh, sixteen. That's why I was thinking sixteen bit color. Oh, that's right. Sixteen bit QR codes. Uh, by, uh, yeah, we can Q, do that. So Q fourteen codes. out of sixteen. I'd give it a fourteen out of sixteen. Yeah, I think, good, I think that's a good book. Yeah, so cool book. Well, um, okay. I never have a, I never have a segue into into uh, uh, inviting our our readers at home. If you wanted to rate us 14 out of 16, well, there's not a lot of places you could do that. Most places will allow you to do it out of 5, which I guess would be 4 out of 5. Rating that up would be 5 out of 5. So if you want to give us a 5 out of 5 anywhere, say Apple Podcasts or whatever, I'm just saying, or maybe write a few words about what you think this podcast might have been about. I mean... You don't necessarily have to have to explain what the podcast is. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on uh, covermyasscast at gmail dot com. Uh, if you if you want to send us an email, we're covermyasscast on Twitter or Facebook. If that's your thing, we'd love to hear from you. So, what do we have in store for our readers next week? Uh, next week's book is by Christopher Moore, the Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. <laughs> Why weren't we doing that this time? <laughs> and about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read. By yours truly, my name is Kaki and I'm Kay. And remember, you're the judge of a wise cover. Tell me this one again, the most beautiful, the most beautiful, the most beautiful.